Welcome to Dig In, the podcast brought to you by Dig Insights. Every week, we interview founders, marketers, and researchers from innovative brands to learn how they're approaching their role and their category in a clever way. Welcome back to this week's episode of Dig In. Today, I'm joined by Alice, who's the founder at Raw Rev. We're going to talk a little bit about how Raw Rev has helped to nudge veganism into the mainstream um, through their products. We're going to talk a little bit about Alice's experience as an entrepreneur and what their approach to product innovation is. Alice, so nice to, to see you again. Yes, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, amazing. Um, all right, without further ado, tell us a little bit about Raw Rev. Yeah, sure. Um, Wabrev is a vegan uh, and we currently make energy bars. We have seven flavors that I started in 2004. Um, Let's see, uh, the inspiration came to me after I took my two-year-old son to the grocery store. Um, He is 22 years old now, so it says how long I've been in business. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was frustrated uh, at the time because I was rushing into the store one day and he was reaching for all like the eye level you know, cookies and junk food. And I was trying to get out of there. I was tired. I want to go home and make dinner. And um, so I went home and I said, you know, there's got to be a better way. So I started making snacks for him out of fruit and nuts. I would take like a date, a pitted date, and I would stuff it with almond butter or peanut butter. Um, And he loved it. Oh, he would eat those all day. And then I started making pies and cookies and different treats for him. And then his friends were coming over and they were eating them. And then moms were like, my goodness, my kids are eating these. What are they? And and, um, they were asking if they could buy some for me. And then I I said, well, you know what? Maybe I could start a business. Um, And uh, so that's how Raw Rev was born. So all of our products now are nut-based and vegan and super healthy. Like we use brown rice protein, pea protein, um, really healthy ingredients like, uh, and also flax protein. Um, Yeah, so I hope that was a sort of long answer to your question. No, that's that's great. That's always it's always really good to hear kind of context. I mean, and your background, you're actually a registered nurse, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, so um, I had worked as a nurse for about approximately 19 years. Um, early in my uh, or sort of mid in my nursing career, um, you know, I'd seen a lot of people suffering from chronic disease and what can happen from a poor lifestyle choice and habits. And I had stumbled around upon a radio station, um, sort of in the middle of the dial of my radio. I live in New York and it was a gentleman who was talking about holistic health and talking about how childhood ear infections be caused by food allergies. And basically that food and what you eat is at the root of every, almost every ailment. And I start, I just became, had a voracious appetite for like, no pun intended for reading up on all of that and um, reading, listening to every single one of his episodes. And I became a vegan and um, my sinus infections went away. So I became, and then started incorporating that into the teaching my patients about healthy habits and eating and, you know, staying away from chemicals and preservatives and, um, and recognizing what preservatives are are really not good for you, like nitrates um, and um, things like that. So, and, and trying to eat less meat in your diet. Uh, so I, it became a passion of mine. And then I also incorporated, I, I went to chef school at night. So incorporated, you know, the learning of how to prepare these foods, um, so that people would eat it and, and my family member and my family too. That's cool. I mean, 
That's like a triple threat there. Like you have the background of a registered nurse, you're passionate about veganism, um, and you went to chef school at night. Like mm -hmm. that's a ton of stuff to have on the go. So when was Raw Rev actually created? Like when did the business, when did the business start up? Um, I came up with some formulas and recipes in 2003, but it, we were not actually incorporated until 2004. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And it's kind of funny. Like when we had initially chatted, we talked about how, um, veganism was kind of like this underground movement, um, back in 2004. Um, mm -hmm. can, can you talk to me a little bit about like, you know, did you have a community of, of people that you kind of, um, collaborated with that were really into like holistic nutrition or veganism um how did that kind of impact the trajectory of your company yeah um so it was uh it was really not just veganism it was like raw veganism so it was sort of like right. yeah it was like there was vegetarians right so in the 70s vegetarians uh it wasn't that popular and then started becoming more you know in the mainstream in the 80s and 90s but um in the late 90s um, this whole raw food thing became almost like a little craze, um, a, a, like an underground movement. We would have potlucks and there were classes and um, I started attending them and uh, there were different like potluck groups. I don't even remember looking back how I found out about these groups, probably just word of mouth, but we would go and share our recipes. Like I would bring a raw pie. We would, you know, figured out how to make avocado pudding um, and, you know, we would share our formulas. Um, there was one particular time where I went to one and someone had brought in a cookie. It was made out of like soaked macadamias and, um, oh, what's the fruit? Uh, apricots. And I, oh my gosh, I was, it was like two ingredients. I was like, this is incredible. Um, so I went home and tried to make it. Um, so we got inspiration from each other and, um, yeah, it was, it was a really fun time. There were like raw chocolate parties and, um, you know, I had a friend in Brooklyn who had a loft and he would have like, I had my little table there with my bars and there were, um, you know, other founders with some of their products and presenters and talking about it. And, you know, we would take notes and there would be lectures. Um, and it was really, it was a fun time. So uh, it, there was definitely a buzz about it that not everybody knew about, but it was, it was becoming more mainstream a little bit. More. And this is a bit of a naive question, but like raw veganism, why, what are the health benefits of it being raw versus just mm -hmm. veganism in general? Right. Well, it's unadulterated, right? So there's no heating. Um, there's no real sort of FDA or, um, you know, official definition of what raw means, but we were under the, the belief and understanding years ago that it was anything heated above a hundred, I think it was 118 or 119 degrees would be adulterated. Um, all the nutrients would be, um, you know, diminished, um, the live raw enzymes were, um, you know, would be taken out. You would still have vitamins and minerals, but not as high of a content of vitamin, vitamins and minerals. So, um, we, you know, we're eating, trying to eat and incorporate more raw. I actually was a raw foodist for a few years. It was not easy to do, but so I wouldn't eat anything that was cooked, but definitely people who did adopt that diet and lifestyle, like and myself and some of my friends, you know, just felt a tremendous amount of energy. Like, you know, your acne cleared up and your digestive issues went away. It wasn't necessarily for everyone, but, um, myself and my friends, um, and colleagues who adopted it felt a lot better than when you feel so good and you look good, you want to tell everybody and tell the world that, you know, it's a great, it's a great way to live. Um, it requires 
a little bit more thought and work. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely discipline. Um, but, uh, you know, something to strive for. And we were always, you know, I guess I'm the type of person I just want to always challenge myself. So I, you know, it was like, Oh, let's, let's go for it. You know, that's really cool. What was the hardest thing, or I guess you're, you're vegan now. What's the hardest thing to give up? Um, probably pasta. Um, pasta or just, um, the convenience, I think overall, like the convenience, like, like cooked food is easy, more accessible and more convenient, but raw foods and like, you know, like how many days can you just eat a handful of nuts and a banana and a piece of fruit? You know, I think giving up having dinner with people and being order able to order anything off the menu, that's where I feel like the socializing aspect was a little challenging. Um, and then, you know, if you're, if I say I'm driving my kids out to like a Boy Scout meeting in the middle of some rural area and you order a salad in a diner, they give you like, you know, just iceberg lettuce and like unripe tomatoes. It's yeah. like, well, okay. You know, um, so things like going out and, and, and incorporating into the lifestyle. Now it's so much easier. I mean, there are so many products, but there was nothing back then. Um, either, you know, you just did everything yourself or you just ate fruit and nuts all day. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, (laughs) no, that sounds, that sounds really challenging and you're so right. Like it's, um, there's so many different products, that are vegan and so many different brands that are offering exclusively vegan products. Um, I mean, with raw rub in particular, how did you kind of know that you were onto a winning concept? Like what was the way that you kind of validated like, okay, you know what? I need to scale this business. Yeah, sure. Um, so I had come up with some con- concepts in my own kitchen, um, you know, produce them in a small incubator factory and then, uh, loaded up the back of my car and I had a health food store in my neighborhood that I frequently visited and I, and I was friendly with the owner. And I said, Hey, Neil, you know, would you, I had this product that I created, um, they're packaged up, they've got, you know, they're FDA compliant. I said, and we put stickers on them. I said, would you put them on the shelf of your store and see if they would sell? And he said, um, to my surprise, he was like, yeah, sure. No problem. You know, I'll just check with my, my partner and see if that's okay. He put them on the shelf. I, I remember I dropping off specifically like 64 bars, um, you know, a couple of weeks go by and I'm like wondering, like, did they sell? Um, so then I called him up and I said, Hey, Neil, it's Alice. He goes, Oh yeah, wait, wait, before you say anything, we need another order. They're all sold out. So I, that I was incredibly surprised and happy as anything. I said, I think I'm onto something here. I said, I just tried them out in one store and I sold 64 units in a week, in two weeks. So I, said, okay, let's get more stores. Let's make more bars. Let's get more stores. So, um, I worked as a nurse during the week and made bars on the weekends and, um, you know, just continued from there. That's cool. And how, what's your approach to kind of like flavor with raw rub? Like, are there different, I'm sure at the beginning it was just sort of one flavor, but how do you approach that now? Yeah. So what I do is, um, when it comes to flavor, I, I subscribe to cooks, cooks illustrated, even uh, albeit it's not vegan at all. Um, but they do have some vegan recipes. I look there, I look to see, um, you know, what some innovative chef pastry chefs are doing. Um, and I will, uh, get some inspiration and I uh, say, take a, you know, a, um, a cookie dough ice cream or a brownie. Um, you know, I study, I, I just sort of study the ingredients and then, I try to mimic 
that taste of those sort of traditional mainstream desserts um, with using um, now, I mean, I've been doing formulating now for about 18 years. So I think I'm pretty good at it. Um, I have a lot of relationships with flavor companies and different um, alternative sugars, you know, like uh, that have zero sugar. Um, and I just, I keep working at trying to mimic it. Um, you know, it has to taste, I would say it has to taste great. Then when I take some concepts that I developed um, and I'm sick of tasting them on my own, um, I will try them out with family. I know that when I do that though, your know, family's biased and they're going to say, oh, it's great, but I don't know if I'll get yeah. an honest opinion from them. So I sometimes just walk up to some random strangers and say, hey, would you, you know, or find people, you know, to do some tastings um, and, and try to get as much feedback as I can. And um, then think if I, if I have a winning concept, then I'll, I'll, I'll work on bringing it to market. And how many flavors do you have now? Uh, currently seven. Oh, very cool. What's your top flavor? It is peanut butter, dark chocolate, and sea salt. Oh, yum. That sounds really good. Yeah. Um, very cool. Okay, amazing. Seven, seven different flavors. So if we kind of stay on this approach to product innovation, like, is that kind of how you've developed those seven flavors is just tinkering away with different flavor combinations that you're seeing in more traditional sort of pastries or um, more traditional baked goods and seeing, you know, what stands out as the best tasting bar that you could bring to market? Like, how do you know that, okay, it's time to, um, to try something new or develop some new packaging for a new product? Well, I mean, we don't want to totally reinvent the wheel, right? So we do look at, you know, some of the competition and, um, you know, we do get data about what's really selling out there in the marketplace. And, um, and then we don't, I, I don't just look at that. I say, you know, I, I, I would like to um, come out with something different or make something better. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of different factors of uh, what we, um, what I look into. Um, like uh, birthday cake, we just really, we just actually not just released, it's our newest addition to sort of the Robert family and of bars. Um, I, I just think like birthday cake is really fun. Um, and yeah. like, who doesn't like birthday cake? Um, so I do try to, I do try to keep the consumer in mind and what their preferences are. That's a big part of it. Um, and, you know, there's also a science to the whole thing too. Um, you know, it has to be shelf stable. There has to be certain stable possibility of some natural stabilizers. You know, there's, there's another science element that has to be, um, no pun intended, but blended into the whole, um, you know, mm. uh, project concept that has to be incredibly considered, um, and has to be a big part of that too. So then it still has to taste good and, and still has to be shelf stable. Okay. And is the goal to release other sort of snack varieties at some point, or are you guys going to stick with bars? Yes, I do have some new concepts that are not, they are snack items, but they are not in the bar category that are to be released um, in second, uh, probably second or third quarter next year, um, which is like early spring, summer. Um, yeah, I'm always trying, you know, different, I like to challenge myself and, you know, try, um, and listen to what I feel consumers want and solve problems of what would make families, you know, what it would be, how to make uh, family life easier through, mm. you know, taking the guesswork out of what to feed your children, what to feed your family, um, you know, uh, 
in simple plain language and ingredients that and of course it has to taste good or else no one will eat it so <laughs> very true yeah. um and then finally we'll, uh, we'll shift gears a little bit to talk about you know actually building your business a little bit but i did want to touch on distribution mm-hmm. so in one of our conversations previously you kind of mentioned um, that you had some learnings that you could share about distribution and kind of how you've approached it. What has that been like for you, um, the distribution process of setting that up? Um, well, we, we have, a, we have obtained just distribution about three years after I, um, you know, starting the business. Um, it's been okay. Uh, like, um, let me see. I mean, gaining distribution is like a chicken or egg scenario, right? So, um, you know, when you're a new business, the distributors are cautious. Um, when you have a product that, uh, nobody, you know, consumers don't know about yet. Um, that that's probably the most challenging was probably the most challenging piece of the equation. Cause this, that's the part where you have to really, you know, quote unquote, sell to sell yourself to them, not yourself, sell your product to them. And you have to promise to support them if they take you in with, you know, different discounts and circulars and ads. Um, so in the beginning is hard, but what we did was I gained, you know, I, um, I already had 70 accounts that I had gotten on, you know, on my own by going, you know, getting my foot in the, you know, going door to door to these uh, health food stores. So um, I, I went up to the distributors and I said, Hey, I have 70 accounts. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, please take them from me. So that made a big difference. Um, if I just went up to them, you know, just cold and said, Hey, I just take my product. Everyone's going to love it. They'd be like, well, how, you know, we'll prove it. Right. How, how do we know? Um, especially it was almost like a whole new category too. Right. So there were always like the cliff bars and the, whatever the, uh, the other one was um, the power bars out there, but it was a new bar, a new concept. Um, and they weren't necessarily sure, but I mean, since then, since we got into UNFI, which um, is the largest natural food distributor in the country, um, you know, just sort of gaining placement from there um, and you build the relationship and the trust. So um it's, it's, yeah. So it's working for us still. And it worked for us back then. I think that's a really interesting insight though. This idea of like, you know, pounding the pavement, if I'm going to use a really traditional language, but like pounding the pavement and getting yourself into some of these, um, local shops, like having accumulated 70 accounts, that's a big deal to be able to go to a distributor and say like, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is where we're at. Clearly, you know, we have recurring relationships with these folks. Um, you know, we could actually be a benefit to you. That's really cool. Um, I didn't realize when we initially talked that you had that many accounts. That's that's amazing. Um, Okay, as I said, switching gears a little bit, um, I want to talk about you as an entrepreneur and building Mm -hmm. your business. Like, what has that experience been like for you? I know you mentioned you started it, you know, ages ago and you were a registered nurse. Like, how was the transition from, you know, being a nurse full-time to being an entrepreneur full-time. Um, and then, yeah, how have you kind of enjoyed it um, up to this point? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I'll try not to um, uh, make it too elaborate, but um, I mean, in the beginning, you know, there's also tre- there's trepidation, right? So I leave my career of 18 years um, to, I actually worked for about three years after I started raw rev as I worked weekends as a nurse. So I never, I didn't give up my nursing job until I felt that it was time to, to depart. And I, I had a hard time having my full-time attention on both. Plus I had a, at that point, like a five-year-old, right. So, um, 
I always, you know, kept the relationship with my nursing business, my nursing um, job, just in case I ever had to go back. Um, but um, I love being an entrepreneur. Um, it was real. I mean, the first few years were really difficult. I mean, it didn't turn a profit for a while and, and it was scary and you have to be able to be with that. Um, there were a lot of learnings along the way. Um, I didn't really have a lot of solid business experience. I don't have an MBA. So, um, I didn't even have like, so there was just a lot of making mistakes and learning from the mistakes. And, you know, I'm an avid sort of, um, obtainer of advice from other people. And, and, uh, I, I ask so many questions. If I feel someone can help me with some issue I'm having, I will start to ask away. So I think I love the challenge. Um, it's sort of in my DNA and I love working with people. Um, and, uh, I can't, I can't imagine, you know, not doing anything else or, um, yeah. So what, what would you say have been your biggest wins up to this point? from a business standpoint? Uh, well, I mean, just being where we are is a huge win. Being able to compete in this very crowded marketplace, um, gaining our distribution that we have, um, you know, having a really decent following. Um, oh gosh, uh, our biggest wins. Yeah, I think um, gaining the placement that we do, um, you know, we're in Sprouts, we're in Publix, we're in Wegmans. Um, to me, I, I look back. That's that's a really big accomplishment, um, and we've never taken in an uh, I've never taken in any outside capital, so that probably is the biggest account accomplishment. That's super cool. Um, okay, and then before we dive into the rapid fire questions, my last question is just for the listeners out there that are maybe thinking of starting their their own business or are thinking of making a switch. Um, what would be your advice for uh, someone who's wants to become an entrepreneur? Oh gosh. And I've given this advice before. Um, you know, I've been pitched by people. Oh, I, I want to do this. I want to be the next PayPal or I want to, you know, I think the, I think the market really needs this. I always say like, figure out what you're good at. Um, you know, there's like three circles. I don't, I'm not exactly sure how I have it. It's like, what are you good at? What does, you know, what does the public or what do consumers, you know, need? And, um, I forget the third one, but I think it's, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I didn't uh, look this up before the call, but, I, uh, before the podcast, but I think it's, you know, figure out what you're good at and what, instead of focusing on the money aspect of it or like trying to like, oh, I, you know, um, what are my margins and, and what are we, what are the price point? Like, what do you have to offer that somebody would want to purchase, right? Either a service or a product. Um, what, how, you know, how can you make a difference? How can you make somebody's life better? Start asking those questions. Um, if, if, if you don't come up with anything in the beginning, just write it, write down anything, write down, like, what did you like to do as a kid? Um, like for me, it was two things. It was either playing music or it was starting. Like I was always like starting businesses as a child, right? Like at my birthday party mm -hmm. and managing people, like, what did you try to remember what you like to do as a kid? Um, you know, maybe like to, you know, work in the kitchen with your mom or you like mowing lawns with your dad. Um, and try to figure out how your gifts or what you learned or what you know, what your knowledge or what you want to know, how you can, that's, you know, how it can uh, make a difference. But I would say start from there. Um, don't think way too big. Just start small and start small, be humble and work and work, you know, slowly, steadily and diligently towards your goal and embrace all of the 
challenges and setbacks you have and keep your eye on every day or keep a journal of every day, all those little accomplishments you made that is not really getting a lot of time in your brain because, you know, when we wake up in the morning, we had to face it. What's on our minds, everything in our life that's going wrong, everything that all the problems you're having, all the vendors you have a problem with, or someone who's trying to rip you off. But think about what actually really worked today. And you'll notice over time with your notes, like, wow, like, you know, a few months went by, like I was here and now I'm here. You are moving forward. Um, and don't overextend, don't overborrow, don't overspend. Um, and be, you know, I, I'm sort of thrifty and scrappy when it comes to that stuff. So just, um, and don't overdo it. Yeah. I love that. That's really, really good advice. Um, all right. Our closing, we always do three rapid fire questions with all of the founders we interview. Um, our first being, Alice, if you gained double your budget tomorrow, what would you spend it on? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I would launch a new product that, uh, that I have an idea for that is not in the bar category. I would do that right away. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and what about if you lost half of your budget tomorrow? What would have to go? Um, wow. I think I would probably, we have some vendor partners right now that we're working with that I love, but they're not super critical to the business right now. And I would probably have to let them go. And then with a promise to rehire them later on, like take them back. No, it's a, it's, a t- it's tough to lose half your budget. So makes oh sense goodness. you'd have to do yeah. something that drastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then finally, what's the coolest new food or drink you've seen on the market lately, other than raw rub, of course. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, maybe not so new is, I just keep shaking my head how amazing that Impossible Burger is. Um, it's just yeah. a game changer. Um, my daughter always wants me to go through the drive through Burger King and get one. And I don't really eat that much of them, but I take a little bite and I'm like, oh my God. It's like, it's like, reminds me of my childhood when my parents would take me to McDonald's and it's, ve- and it's uh, vegan. Um, that's a game changer, I think, for the whole, you know, environment, vegan community thing. Um, and the second one is probably not so new, but it is kind of new is like the whole oat milk ice cream. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that honestly, it tastes better than regular dairy ice cream. I think it has more flavor at like, I love planet oat and I love Oatly. So I think those, I don't know when they were launched, if they're super new, but, um, that's, that's, those are the two, two products. I'm, um, I'm a huge fan of the oat milk ice cream. And now all I can drink in my coffee is oat milk. Like I'm not vegan, but I much prefer it. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. The world is changing. Um, and on that note, I have to say goodbye to you. This was lovely, okay. Alice. Thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, if people want to find you or Rarav, where would, where should they go? Oh, they can, um, reach me at, um, Alice at rawrev.com anytime. Okay. Yep. Or www.rawrev.com. Awesome. All right. Speak to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in this week. Find us on LinkedIn at Dig Insights and don't forget to hit subscribe for a weekly dose of fresh content.